souls pop in and out at different times and embodiment of souls in in the body happens at different times. But across the board, I'm not seeing embodiment completely at like before 12 weeks. I see essence or women can feel, you can feel your spirit baby, but it's not like they're in the body. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. In live time, it is Halloween, which feels celebratory and interesting since a lot of my neighborhood is somewhat empty after the fires this week. So this whole week has been a bit of a blur, which has been a very interesting exercise and attachment and non-attachment, which of course is perfectly aligned with Scorpio season and death and rebirth and burning all that is no longer serving us on the funeral pyre to step into the unknown and to a new world and life. So I've been definitely working with a lot of that this week. Fear, trusting my intuition, questioning my intuition, just a lot of observation this week, which has been really interesting and pretty elating and also destabilizing and scary at times as well. But I'm just very, very grateful that my home and family are safe and all of those of my family members in LA and friends as well. It has been just a wild time. You know, we get so comfortable and cozy in our lives and our things, uh, especially in home. I know that I really feel like this is my safe space in this city, in the world. And then when it's kind of potentially taken away from me, it brings up so much of just feeling unstable. And, you know, the truth is the earth is always moving underneath us and shifting and Nature is bigger than us and there's so many environmental factors in the way we're treating Mother Earth that is increasing all of these natural disasters. So nature's always been bringing humans to their knees, but I think there's more and more of it now that we are abusing Mother Earth so detrimentally. So we're still deep in fire season in Los Angeles and actually the state of California. So please continue to send your prayers if you are. Um, They're much appreciated and needed. And as it's coming up to my birthday, it's always feels like the end of it one year as I step into the next and just taking stock of my year and all the changes. And it does feel like there's been a lot of growth in this year. And I definitely feel initiated into a new chapter of my life, Uh, like a snake shedding its skin. I'm definitely in that right now, which feels... 
unknown and mysterious, but overall feels really good. Just a couple of things. I offered a beautiful evening at Take Care Body Mind Studio in Abbot Kinney, Sadie and Tessa's space. It was really beautiful. I had it announced on the latest, the last podcast, but the date was off by one day. So uh, you guys missed it. But it was really beautiful and equal amount of men and women showed up, which was really beautiful for me to witness and be a part of because I'm so everything woman-centered at the moment. And that's not changing, but it really was an opportunity to be there in service for men and witnessing the opening of these men and experiencing their grief and openly talking about the deaths in their life and the grief they're going through and having men openly cry is actually so healing for all of us because in our society, you know, men are not supposed to cry. And a lot of us aren't used to seeing it. We're not used to holding space for it. So I really just commend all of the people who showed up in their vulnerability and kind of not really knowing why they were showing up, but just felt called to. And so I just always learn so much when we're in circle and sharing from an open space and, you know, really authentically and not trying to be this like beautiful Instagram picture of a circle, but really like the underbelly of life the shadow side of life is death or the equal part of the coin. So um, I believe I'm going to start offering more grief circles because I just feel like it's such an important and integral part of our healing overall. So more details to come on that. But I am looking to possibly be doing a monthly offering at Sadie's Space. So I'll keep you posted. Also am opening up private sessions for grief counseling. Uh, as a lost doula, whether that's end of life, dealing with family members, whether that's miscarriage and pregnancy loss or abortion. I'm now really consciously opening up sessions, either in home or over Zoom to help women and families process that. So I'm adding that to my official offerings. I've been doing that through my doula work already, but um, now I'm kind of opening up the circle to allow more women who maybe are not in their postpartum or motherhood uh, journey or chapter of their life, but are still dealing with grief. Um, And you can reach out to me, McLean at motherthemother.com for more information and to connect. And then same thing, uh, rolling out with the motherhood coaching sessions. Uh, It's really, really exciting me right now. So um, please reach out if you're interested in that as well. And other than that, I am uh, doing a lot of plotting and figuring out my next year. Going to be offering a lot more uh, circles in person, uh, a lot more women's work in all aspects and time of our continuum as a woman. So I'll be sharing more on that in the new year. And then I'm going to just start powering down a little bit and with my doula work just till the end of the year and really be with my family, which I'm super excited about. Have a cozy Christmas in our new home and just not travel and just kind of dig into our new our new life in a new neighborhood and just have downtime because our lives are so busy. And um, 
it was actually interesting Monday when my daughter was out of school for three days and my husband didn't go to work Monday with all the evacuations. And it was actually just so beautiful to have this unexpected day where we're all at home with no plan, no agenda, just really completely being present with one another. We actually went down to the beach and I think most people that saw us thought we were crazy because like half the West side or more than half were evacuating. But uh, we went to the beach and just got a real dose of healing from the mother, mother ocean. So I want to have more of that and prioritize that with the end of this year and into the new year. And without further ado, I want to introduce the guest today, Sufi, who is a dear, dear friend. For those of you in LA, a lot of you know her. She's an OG doula, birth and postpartum. She's also a medium. She does these amazing baby readings in utero or with newborns or into toddlerhood and on. Uh, Her work is vast and we had a long chat. This episode is an hour and a half and I don't want to edit any of it out. I will also be having her back to dive deeper into specific subjects, but I hope you enjoy the listen and sending love out to all of you. Hey, Sufi. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Uh, So happy to be here. You're such a bright light. Mm. And it's Halloween and you walked in in a pink bunny outfit. But it's not even just a bunny outfit, people. (laughs) It is a beautiful... Is it Japanese jacket? Yeah. uh, Chinese. Chinese pink. And then this like gorgeous ornate pink bunny and white mask. And then bunny slippers. So, you know. Yeah. There's a lot to the white rabbit. A lot to the white rabbit. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, we've just been talking for like an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) before recording. Um, And you are just a woman that encompasses so many things. And it's just incredible talking with you and inspiring. So we'll just try and cover a couple of your topics today. But let's just dive in on kind of how you got into the doula work and your mediumship work and whatever else you want to share. Yeah, let's go. I, in many steps, on many steps of the way, I had ideas of what I was going to be doing and where I was going. And there's always a surprise around the corner. So I was going to be a doula because I had no idea how I was going to be a mother. And I met a doula at a dinner party and I was like, are you the nanny? She goes, no, I'm a doula. And I was like, this is fascinating. (laughs) And this is my world mission. And I'm going to, I'm going to save mothers. Mm. And I was just so in love with it. And I became a doula and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a midwife. And I was at a birth after 40 home water births in three months, apprenticing as a midwife. And I had this experience where after 72 hours, and please know that's not a normal labor, I was so tired and we were about to call for transport. I started receiving messages from my client's grandmother and really pressing in on me. And um, I just thought, well, I'm just going to tell her what I'm seeing. We were alone in the bathroom. And I gave her the message and described her grandmother. And we were about to transport because it 
we were stuck for three hours pushing and there were some decels. And I said, it's just one sentence I keep hearing over and over from your grandmother, your hands in my hands always. And my client stood up, screamed, and she started crowning. And I thought, okay. And the midwives rushed in and like, what's happening? And she had her home birth. And I just didn't think much of it because I was Mm going to be a midwife. And I ran into her, I think it was two years later at a farmer's market. And she says, oh, are you a medium now? And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to be a medium. I'm going to be a midwife. And um, she said, no, that changed my life. Mm. And I think you need to take this more seriously. So then cut to, I was like, well, this is Los Angeles. I don't know who I would study with or where I would go with this because the best mediums, I think, and a lot of mediums are skeptics naturally. And I was a skeptic. (laughs) So I had a dream. And in the dream, I met this woman and I had these people talking in my dream and they said, Okay, talk to your therapist. She has the she knows this woman and you need to study with her. So I went mm-hmm. to my therapist and I said, I had this dream, Jungian therapist. Oh my gosh, I love Jungian. <laughs> anything Jungian. And I had this dream and there's this woman and you know her and all your people go see her. And uh, my therapist kind of went white and was like, um, yeah, her name's Cheryl. Here's her number. And so I ended up <laughs> Cut to studied with her for seven years. You can't Google her or find her. She comes to Beverly Hills once a month. She's an amazing, I wouldn't even call her a medium. She's kind of everything. So then still being a doula, been a doula for 20 years, didn't take the midwifery route. Uh, That's a whole nother story of why I, my hat's off to midwives. I just, that's a big journey. Mm. And I think you have to have cojones. So mm-hmm. um, wasn't quite there, but I've learned so much and love so much about the doula work. Spirit just kept stepping in, kept stepping mm. in that there's something more. And then postpartum, I started receiving images and impressions and information from babies, mm. which I didn't count on. I thought, well, you know, what is this? And something my teacher always said was never uh, uh, never put mediumship in a box. It's mm. not just one thing. Mm, I love that. There are, there are people who work for Tesla or people who are scientists that are mediums. Don't limit it. Right. And that was perfect because I've just gone on this big exploration of being in neutral space in the gap, as Deepak Chopra would say. And letting the images flow in and the information. Mm. Also having my own son cracked me wide open. And I started to notice with other moms as well, after having a baby, there is this, for some, not all, huge sort of uh, change shift on a deeper level that I don't think a lot of people are talking about Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling information. What do I do with this? And I'm postpartum. Mm. Yeah. And then we go and we ask the quote unquote experts to fill us in on how we should be doing it all. And we're not acknowledging that we have that power within us. I mean, that's so massive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my mission and my whole The thing I never want to hear moms say is, first, does my baby know me? 
And second, um, is what I'm feeling real? Mm. And I'm just here to connect the dots and say, yeah, that's very real. I'm going to show you how I do it. And then the next step is you can do this too. You don't Mm. need me to be a baby reader for your baby. Here's how to get to that place of communication pre-verbal. Wow. Are there specific steps that you, like, is it kind of a formulaic situation where most moms like listening could start to do a couple things? Yeah. So um, it's hard because who has time for meditation? Uh, but there's so We all around. need it. <laughs> we all need all it. All the time. And I can't say it enough. And I, I have um, something I call tree meditation for moms. Mm. Uh, and I give work. I, when I was a postpartum doula, I would give worksheets like, here, you might want to try this. But it's really about calming monkey mind mm. and mm-hmm. getting into that place I call the gap. And when you really get into that space of non-being or being in that juicy, yummy spot of where you don't know where you end and something begins, then that's you're at neutral and that's when you can connect. Mm -hmm. And then as baby's a little bit older, you can speed that up. But if you're tired, it can be hard. If you're under stress, worried about 50 things, which you are postpartum, it is tricky. So people come to me and it can take a few sessions, but it's very simple and just opening yourself up to this deep meditation and grounding exercise and then waiting for the moment in the silence of what your baby wants to say to you. I use the changing table. So I say, oh, so when I go for a consultation or baby reading, I place baby on the changing table where I like to say all change is possible. Mm. And um, had a specific client where baby stopped eating and sleeping and she couldn't figure it out. Here's another thing as a mother, you can be too close to the situation Mm. to sometimes connect or hear. So it's really great to have a partner and do it with another mom Mm. and be listeners for each other's babies. Mm, I love that. And so I'm working that aspect out now. Uh, But I love this one experience of this little one. And his mom was frantic because this baby was like clockwork. But putting him, my first experience postpartum, putting him on the table was... What's going on? Checking in. Why aren't you eating? Why are you not sleeping? And the first feeling, it always comes as a feeling. So moms, trust your gut first. It comes in as a feeling of, from him, I think my daddy is dying Mm -hmm. and I'm afraid. And I asked mom, is your husband okay? She's like, oh, he's fine. Uh, We were writing the will last night, but he's fine. And then she stopped. She was like, oh, our night nurse, her father is terminal. And she found out last night. Mm. And she was holding little one all night. Mm. And then mom's mouth fell open. And she's like, oh, today's the anniversary of my dad's passing. Oh, my gosh. So little one was getting all this feeling Mm. and information and had nowhere to put it. So 
simple thing parents can say, moms can say to babies, if something like that's happening or there's a lot of emotionality in the room, always remind babies, even on a daily basis, I say, mommy and daddy carry the big feelings. Your job is to grow, eat, play, explore. You are not to take care of us. We are here to take care of you. Mm. And after I said that to Walker, he went right to the breast Mm. and slept for four hours. Wow. So that's the story I tell a lot because that was my first experience of seeing how, wow, if I do, if I just stop and we listen, Mm -hmm. um, oh, this will work. And this this changes the physicality of things. Yeah. A great book, Talking to Babies by Miriam Sager. I always talk about this book. Uh, it's amazing. She decreased NICU inf- um, infant mortality in a hospital in Paris by half wow. um, in her work there by just speaking to babies. Wow. So my mission in my work, it's, it's really, I'm more fascinated how I can serve around this as more than, ooh, did I have a good read? Did I find something out or share something that's like magical or mystical? I'm more fascinated with how mothers can use it, how it's serving, um, and can they actually explore and do this sort of magic themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want them to be able to bring it to their lives authentically without being dependent on you. Exactly. Yeah. And I am very uncomfortable being seen as, I joke, I'm like the reluctant medium. <laughs> I do take this work so seriously and I've studied mediumship for seven years and it is very serious, sacred work. Mm. Um, but I am reluctant because I, I, I think it's misunderstood and I think People assume it's ex- it's exclusive to me mm. or to mediums, and I think every, all humans have mediumship capabilities. I just happened to laser point my focus for on that for seven years while I was working postpartum and birth, mm. and the two came together in this beautiful alchemy. That's so cool, and it is such a cool superpower that I feel like you know, as you were saying that they're scientists and people at Tesla and like how cool to bring that to all the aspects of your life because it should. It's like fairy dust that just accentuates everything in a good way. Yeah, my biggest mission, it's always changing. So my biggest, I'm always exploring and looking for that next, where am I going next? Because I'm always going somewhere next. But mm-hmm. this, And I always like <laughs> to like carve out and be very clear. What is my mission statement? What am mm-hmm. I really doing? It's not, it wasn't enough for me to be a medium. It wasn't enough for me to be a doula. Right now I'm even going deeper and I'm saying, wow, I want to be the reminder to others that the magic they believed in as children, the magic is real. Mm. And it may not look like you think it's going to look or it, it's all still there. And okay, I got to tell a crazy story. Uh, just quickly. Uh, it doesn't have to be quick. I want all the crazy stories. <laughs> I'm so fascinated. So yesterday I'm at the Huntington as I'm exploring a new avenue for readings, like the walking readings. And I'm in nature at the Huntington Gardens in Pasadena and I'm sitting at the lunch table. And a lot of seeing the magic 
in every day, whether that's postpartum, birth, your life in general is slowing everything down. That sounds very Mm -hmm. simplistic, but I got an example of that yesterday. And I was frustrated with the reading. It didn't go like I wanted. And not all readings are stellar, especially ones I'm just trying to navigate or chew on, or I'm trying a new modality. And I'm sitting there being frustrated and I'm like, the magic's not working the way I want it today. And this bee keeps coming at me. I'm eating this amazing salad and this bee keeps dive bombing me. And I'm like, what the, it's so annoying. And I take my hat and I'm swatting at the bee. And I was like, Sufi, just stop. The bee wants a piece of chicken. And (laughs) um, so I just stop and I grab a piece of chicken (laughs) and I put it across the table from me. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I'm having lunch with a bee. (laughs) But this is the perfect message because I just stopped And nature is always speaking to us. Mm -hmm. I put the piece of chicken down and the bee lands on the piece of chicken and eats lunch with me. Mm. And here I was in my head, Mm -hmm. like, this is what today's reading should have looked like. This didn't work. I don't like this. And then, bam, I was like, so I loved Dr. Doolittle, the movie, Mm -hmm. when I was little. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited the movie's coming out again. But as I grew up, I was like, well, nobody can speak to animals. That's not real. Mm. And now I've come back to, yes, you can. And mm. you can hear animals. And now you can have lunch with bees. I love it. And so I love all this because I want people to play. I want my, my website is Joy Navigation. Mm. I think the highest service I could offer human race is getting us all back to joy, yeah. navigating that joy and finding the magic in the day to day. Can you please make t-shirts, Joy Navigation? Oh, they're in the works. Thank you. And I'm seeing it. And the book is in the works because it's really, I'm still trying to figure out how to explain what I do mm. and really authentically pick it apart and share that. And it's hard to do something and then really dissect what you do and share that. And so hopefully the book will be done in a year and then I'll have something to offer there. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine because you're taking something that's not really linear at all and putting it in a different way to explain it to people. It must be very challenging. It is. And I did a group baby reading at Graceful Birth Center this past week. I loved it. But a lot of the moms were like, we've never seen this before. This was amazing. What is this? Mm -hmm. It's very new. And yes, there's the book Spirit Baby. I love Mr. McCutcheon. That book so much. Bless, bless. Mm. Uh, And that's that's, um, a juicy, that was a thread for me of like, whoa, Mm -hmm. mediumship and then connecting to this aspect. Uh, So yeah, it is, a lot of people don't understand what it is, but there are baby readers popping up all over the world now. So cool. Yeah. And I love um, that I've had the training and foundation of being a doula because Mm -hmm. I know what to say and I know what not to say. Yes. And to be so careful with mothers, I am so careful um, because it is such an impressionable time. You have to use words wisely and carefully. So I know the terrain. Yeah. 
And that's so huge. I was just talking about that the other day. Um, the carriage house birth ladies came in town and they were actually at Graceville also doing a training. And so I popped over there for like an hour and did a little postpartum talk. And that was one of the things I said of just, and I think the more you work as a doula, you learn it more, but it's so nuanced about, you know, any, even if the mama's complaining, you know, about their partner or whatever, and you do like a little eye roll or like, yeah, you know, you just never know how it's going to land. And it's very, very important to remain supportive and neutral. And it's challenging. Yes. It's, it's like being a therapist. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that aspect into it. Yeah. It's interesting because I've been passionate, passionate about doula world and new mom world. And I feel though that I'm shifting now and into, uh, there's so many chapters of motherhood. Mm-hmm. I swear I've been processing my births. I'm still processing my son's birth. Uh, but now I'm in a new transition and a new postpartum. My son's a teen. Mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with that right now. And I can, I've removed myself from doula work. I think I've been removed from doula work, but I've removed myself as well because in the room I could feel some when working postpartum. I had moments of feeling, this is me being real, of like looking at postpartum mom and going, oh boy, like I get it. This is tough. But I'm dealing with a teenager right now mm-hmm. who wants to go out into this world. Yeah. And it's a new level of grief and yeah. exploration. And I'm having trouble really relating to you right now because this is a lot. Totally. And not a lot of people talk about, I mean, there are books about the teen years and all this, but um, I'm in grief. Mm. I am I am in transition. My baby is grown up. He can feed himself and he's not making all the food choices I'd like him Mm -hmm. to make. And it's fascinating. At the same time, teenagers are fantastic and great teachers and shakers. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this space and I've kindly removed myself from postpartum (laughs) because you don't want me in the room going, oh boy, get over it wait till teenager. Right. You know, because that's not helpful. Um, Because when I was postpartum, uh, when my son was younger, like that was such a gauntlet and you have to just be in that and you need people who are somewhat matching that energy to Mm -hmm. be there with you. Totally. I love that you share that. Thank you. I mean, that's some whole next level. I can't even really wrap my head around, but I'll be definitely coming to you. And this is proving my point right now is I always say, We need to have mother friends at all stages of motherhood because we need the sisters ahead of us, at the same point of us, and below us. So it's like this continuum of information and support. Yes. And I love that you offered the teen circle because it's so important. And, you know, then you get down the rabbit hole of like the education system, how that's failing us. And, you know... We may have uh, to do a whole nother I think we podcast to, yeah, about education. That. That's a whole other thing. But, you know, all these things really come to a head when 
you're in middle school, high school. I mean, to be in high school and then to, you know, next step being looking at college and what that looks like if you are, if you aren't, what that means for your whole future. Like these are huge, huge things. And it's Mm -hmm. all also changing within our system and our governmental system. Like everything is, I think, way more surreal than the past generations in our country have had to deal with. Because everything like that, all this darkness is bringing, yes, light, but we're also seeing that all the structures that we just kind of take for granted and have always been there, they all need changing from the ground up. So it's a very destabilizing moment. So I can only imagine how that must feel with a teenager that you're then releasing into this world. It's interesting because as doulas, we used to speak about hospitals being nine years behind the actual research or information. Mm. And I always thought that was fascinating because you would read this amazing new research and Mm -hmm. it's getting better. But it's true of the school system too. Yeah. And I'm seeing like, wow, this is a really old world education here. Mm-hmm. My son's in a public school and has learning differences. And it's a big journey. It's mm. a big journey. So mothers supporting each other through every step. Yeah. And I think I will bring the teen circle online mm, uh, because... It's, I, it's called Moti, Mothers of Teens Ignited. Mm. I, like I was postpartum, a lot of days I'm living in sweats, may not change mm-hmm. my clothes for two days, mm-hmm. tracking my teen energetically, not because I'm being nosy, but we track our children energetically. Mm-hmm. When they're born, um, mothers will even feel, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but I used to feel the kind of day my son would have at school. Oh, yeah. And it's not just me because yeah. of all the training I've had. I've had clients share the same thing. You can feel your children outside of you. Yeah, There's a great story. I love this story. I believe it was Lori Bregman spoke about a client who let down in the grocery store and she said, okay, call home. I bet your baby's crying or needs to eat Mm. now. And sure enough, that was the case. Wow. And mom was at the store. Baby was at home. Mm. Same for teen world. I can Mm. feel my teen, but at the same time, I feel the separation and that Mm. connection because he has choice uh, separating as well. And as a mom, that's made me feel so scared. Thank goodness for iPhone tracker. (laughs) And I'm really not like this crazy mom, but you do have to watch. I I feel on call again. I am on call again. And you have 10 years. I say this to people and they don't believe me, but really of your own input, putting everything you can in your child, you have solidly 10 years that are all yours. And then culture Society takes over after age 10. Oh my God, I have two more years. Sorry, I don't want to depress you. But it's exciting too. It's like if to we can talk that, about this now, yeah, I know. you have me and you have others who can say, okay, we got you. Yeah. And just women speaking to other women. In my circles, there's no crosstalk. This mm. is a space to share, confidential. Mm-hmm. We just need to talk. Totally. Uh, wow. There's so many things to say from that. I'm just viscerally moved by hearing you. Um, and thank you for so authentically sharing that. I, I, uh, yeah. 
I talk with Jemima a lot. I mean, my husband and I both do. And, you know, that at least makes me feel like I'm doing the best that I can of really openly being an authentic person with her and letting her be real with us too. But it's so true because I'll feel like, hmm, I'm feeling something about her day. And she's a Libra. She's such a social little fairy sprite. And she's like, yes, school was fine. And then at night, kind of over pillow talk, it'll sometimes, you know, then come out. And already with girls, it's so different maybe with boys, but she's definitely going through a new phase where there's this new kind of level of anxiety that's starting to happen. And I think it's kind of the developmental time and girls clicking up and stuff. But literally every day, every morning, I'm like, just remember, don't care what anyone says to you. Doesn't matter what they think of you. Don't really care what the teacher's totally telling you, you know, because it is like her teacher's strict this year. And I'm like, I really don't want you having anxiety because of your teacher's characteristics, you know? And, you know, I think she's understanding it, but I don't know. Yeah, I talked a lot to my son. Mm -hmm. And boy, I wish, I think a lot of it sticks. I, I spoke early to him about things and I'll feel like, we already spoke about this. Mm. How could you have forgotten this? Mm. I made sure to speak about this many times. And now you're doing this. Like, that's not okay. And then I realize when I feel like I'm losing the battle, he'll surprise me the next day mm. and he'll make a choice mm. that will be like, oh, that conversation I had when he was eight, mm. I'm seeing it right now. He didn't forget. Mm. And food's a battle mm-hmm. right now. And I'm not, I've never been an extremist with food. I've, I'm a big Taoist. So I'm like, middle way, mm-hmm. you know, don't be too one way or the other. Uh, years ago, I knew diet of pizza and soda would be coming. And I love mm-hmm. pizza, but there has to be timing and all of yeah. that. Uh, so food is a thing. And it, it's just fascinating. Um, but, and I'll, and the screen. And Ugh, there's so much other. in culture. Here's a big thing I'm doing right now, letting myself off the hook for things I didn't create. Um, I I didn't create vaping. I didn't make weed legal. I, I didn't create this culture of, you know, hypersexuality and all mm-hmm. of this. And to each his own. But I see like I wasn't the only parent mm-hmm. in my, the society has been, teaching my child and never forget him seeing a billboard and it was for a gentleman's club Mm. and him saying, what's that? And there's a little email you could go to. And I had no control over Mm. that. I was like, wow, okay, here we are. And what do you do with it? So I've always tried to just talk to him, whatever comes up, just be like, what do you think of this? And Mm -hmm. Here, you know, this is my perspective is uh, pornography is the junk food of sex and mm-hmm. you should always check in with a woman, make sure that uh, you know and get her perspective on what she likes or doesn't like, like all these mm-hmm. conversations. God, um, so complicated. It's very mom. complicated. <laughs> so I'm going off here, but um, yeah, it's just mom world and always navigating uh, something and mm-hmm. people, it does get better. Like you get your sleep at night. 
that's great. But then <laughs> a friend of his said, oh, have you ever tried? Uh, and my son shared this with me. Oh, my friend asked me if I ever like snuck out at night. And, oh and so I'm like, oh, great. So now I'm like, doors open, listening oh for that. <laughs> One great thing though is, and this is funny because uh, everybody, when I had him, um, not many people were eating their placenta. <laughs> and I wish I could have <laughs> eaten my placenta. I just uh, wanted to do something extremely like sacred with it. And we're sailors, we're ocean people. So we have we have a boat. And um, at the time, my, it was a big enough boat. My son, my husband sailed three miles out and did a ritual at sea mm. with my son's placenta. Cut to today, he works on a fishing boat, 18, sometimes 15 to 18 hours. He volunteers on Saturdays wow. to be a deckhand. And we joke that he's looking for his placenta. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I love it. Where's my twin? <laughs> Where's my twin? And he's <laughs> catching fish and eating fish to, re, to oh ingest his placenta. A full circle, man. But that feels like a win. So mm -hmm. just always finding your win. Mm. And in the teen years, they're always wins. And I'll take any little win I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Your family always seems to be doing really cool stuff. Like you're such an inspiration. You're always, you know, like we scooter downtown to this interesting <laughs> rave all night. Like you do such cool stuff. Meanwhile, I'm in bed by like 9.30. Yeah, you know, um, you stay I youthful. love, I love Los Angeles for that. You can always find some, I like to be moving, active and set that for my kid too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are real magical places here and I, I'm, I love travel. It's so healthy for the family. Yeah. Great education. Now I'm in bed earlier unless I have to watch the teen. Or <laughs> but it's so good. I think it's such a reminder too of, you know, sometimes just getting out of your routine and just surprising them. Like, I loved it with my kids. So like, oh, we're, yeah, we're going home for dinner, right? I'm like, no, tonight we are doing this. And it's so like, what? Joanne was like, really? And it's just fun to mix it up. And I think, you know, obviously early bedtime, like all those things are important in general, but it, um, they need to see you as an evolved, interesting human also. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Fun. Definitely. The adventures. Mm -hmm. They're key. Yeah. yeah. And are you still doing the artwork with your spirit baby readings? I am. I am. Soul cartography. It's changing. Uh, interesting. I'm always just rolling with the changes. I'm incorporating Sumi ink pieces now mm. that are less cartoon-like. So my original template for soul cartography was very literal. And now I have more of... Um, one that's not as literal, which mm. I'm loving, but I'm still cool. working on the template for that uh, because it's interesting. I had a few clients who I could tell were nervous using my original template because it didn't connect with their body shape mm. or size. Mm -hmm. And I thought that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I really want to honor where women are all totally. shapes and sizes. And I'm going to create a template that's mm. a little different. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not so literal. And yeah, and it's something I'm adding to uh, any baby readings that I do. I will just add that to it. Like, oh, you know, for this, would you like 
a physical representation of your reading. Mm -hmm. Again, it's another thing that people are like, what is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, just working on that. uh, But more, I'm trying to be more focused because I can be in many projects at once. And my, my real work right now is the baby readings and um, in utero or out of utero? All of it. All so of it. Okay. I'm doing readings before conception, during pregnancy, postpartum. I had, I'm doing lately, and this is a new track that I love and I'm on because when my son was younger, we had an autism scare. And now we celebrate all aspects that might be. Mm. autistic about him. Mm -hmm. He's not technically on the spectrum, but we all have a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. But when you're a young parent, that's scary. And I've, people have been reaching out to me with young ones who don't speak, Mm. um, two, three, four-year-olds, and they're worried about autism. And so um, before I really launch into something like that, I'm going to offer this right now. I'm doing a study, um, reading 100 readings um, without charge for people who are diagnosed with autism or suspect their child may be autistic, Mm. just to see um, how that translates because it's been really fascinating So I love doing phone sessions. And the reason I love doing phone sessions is I don't, I can't read the client. Facial Mm. cues, I'm not seeing what they're wearing. So I'm reading mom and child can be in the room or not in the room, but mom carries the signature of child. Mm. So it's been beautiful also to acknowledge mom's connection to her child. I've had a few moms say to me, I'm not, I'm not having a problem with how my child is. They're not meeting all the milestones and I'm okay with that. Is mm-hmm. that okay? Mm. And I always want to support that. Mm. Like they're doing everything that's medically, medically correct or trying this or that, but I've been amazed at the faith they have in their connection to their child mm. and just seeing like, oh, this is something we're going through. My son had all these things. Kids go through weird things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned anxiety Mm -hmm. with Jemima. Like, there's going to be some really weird human things that happen. And all kids have it. Yeah. And I remember just every five seconds feeling panicked as a Mm -hmm. new parent. Like, what is this? My son grew out of his thing. Mm -hmm. And then it became something else. So autism is a big thing right now. And it has been really helpful to help talk to parents about that because I have done equine work with autistic children. Mm, this must be incredible. It's huge. And now I would love to just give a voice um, using the same way that I do spirit baby readings. I use your birth name. I tune into your energy frame and I get images, impressions, and feelings of that experience. Mm. So with one session, I, the little one was, I think, three and a half. There was a noise or humming that was, they couldn't figure out what was upsetting little one. And I could pinpoint, because I was hearing it in my own ear, like buzzing wires. Mm. And this child was extremely sound sensitive. 
So the buzzing wires were affecting and uh, creating a lot of anxiety for little one. So it was like, try white noise. Mm. But um, I knew nothing about this family, but that's the first thing when she said, mom said her name and then she said her child's name. I hear buzzing in my ear that's very uncomfortable. Mm. And all I do is bring that information to mom. She's like, yeah, the wire's outside. Mm. And I'm like, autistic children are really sensitive. Babies are really sensitive. In the baby group reading this week, so funny. This baby was like five weeks old. It's really loud in my house and it's not my sister. Mm. And the mom starts laughing because... You know, in introduction, the mom's like, I have a four-year-old. And I'm thinking, oh, this is the four-year-old. So this isn't a great demonstration right here. And she goes, no, no, no. My husband, like, he's so loud. He walks really loud. Mm. And her baby was bringing attention to it. Like, could you, could you, white noise? Could you do something about this? It's just telling us this baby was very sound sensitive and what you do with it. So simplistic examples. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, walk lighter. Be mindful. Don't <laughs> don't be slam a bull the door. China shop. Oh yeah. Who's that loud person in our See, house? I so resonate with that because I'm such a light. I hear noise so sensitively, and it is it's a real thing. I don't really realize it because it was just so me. But now that I have my own kids, and I really see it in Goldie so much, you know, and it's it's a pain in the ass for my husband. Like it totally is. But I'm just so sensitive to noise. Yeah. And yeah, it, it really too. fed into my hypervigilance, you know, after birth. Oh, with the first. Yeah. I have to use, uh, I used to have, it's better now. I used to have to ear, use earplugs in a movie theater mm. and you know, wow. clubs and all that. Just very, I tell people, if you're really sensitive to sound, you have other ears. Totally. So you have your other ears and once you can acknowledge you have those other ears, you can, your sensitivity sensitivity of sound can decrease mm. and you can manage it. Mm, okay. So that's something I need to, to, I need to start with. doing that affirmation. That's something. Because I also know like the sensitivities make me good at other things, you know, but it's, it's also like, oh, I need to sleep. sleep or not like hate people <laughs> that are making noise around me. <laughs> That's so interesting. And what was the story about the vegan baby this week? Oh, that was so funny. Again, in this group reading, and and for your, for everyone, I know nothing about the people who've shown up. I'm pretty rabid about that because it's no fun for me. I like it's really tough to be a reader with Instagram and all this stuff. Like, because people will say to me, "Well, you could have Googled that." And I always like to say to people, like, if you come to a reader. And they're giving you dates, times, and foods, and like things that are probably on your Instagram. Then they they Googled you. They mm. researched you. That's not me. I come up with the most random images, impressions, mm. and feelings. And that leads us to something fascinating that I could never have known. That's my favorite experience. So... Um, I went, I was doing this group read. I didn't know who would show up. So we're in the reading and I come to this one baby. I just could feel something was missing and I feel it in my own body. So I have mother's name, birth name, baby's birth name in the room and something was missing. And it felt like 
like I was hungry and I'm communicating with baby. So I said to mom, something's missing. It feels food related. And are you vegan? And mom's like, yes, I'm a (laughs) vegan. My baby's a vegan, baby's seven months old. And I said, well, protein. It feels like you're going to have better sleep because I do this other thing called sleep sculpting, which is intuitive, um, gentle sleep suggestions for babies under a year. I love that so much. Like underline, underline, (laughs) exclamation mark. Yes. Oh gosh. I think I'm just very ADD and I have 50 projects, but it all comes (laughs) together. The baby readings, the sleep sculpting, it just should be called me or mm-hmm. <laughs> my world, or whatever I do, my joy navigation. Sufi.com. Sufi.com. <laughs> um, so sleep sculpting was the theme of the demonstration. And I felt very clearly that if she incorporated more protein, that could be lentils. How about mm-hmm. lentils? Mm-hmm. And that mom was like, oh yeah, lentils. I've just been doing avocado and like, I can't remember she said it was yes, yeah, sweet mm-hmm. potato and avocado, and that's it. Um, I I felt in my body that baby would sleep better having more of a protein, mm. and it was lovely because all the other moms jumped in mm-hmm. and um, had suggestions, and so that was great. I love being awesome. helpful. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I mean that's so helpful when you're in it just to have like here's some notes from your baby that you're just not getting on your own. Yeah. And then, and even if you have gotten little things on your own, then you're getting the reassurance from you. And you're like, oh, I can start to trust that. Like I have a psychic Mm. that I call usually every six months to a year. She's amazing. She's so grounded, not airy-fairy at all. And when I just am really cannot make a decision, like I'm just, I can't tell my intuition from my head. And then, you know, she'll kind of, tell me her read on it. And then usually more times than not, I'm like, I kind of knew that was the answer, but I just needed that outside reassurance this yes, time. And sometimes they're just the thanks. Yeah. And it's just like, thank you. Okay, good. I'll talk to you in like a year. But sometimes we just need that outside guidance. And then it that in turn makes me go, oh yeah, I can actually trust all these pings that keep coming. Yes. Yes, looking for the pings. Yeah. I love that. And I don't want people relying on me. No, that's why I'm with the doula. Like you, I don't want no. people depending on me. It's like we're there for a specific season and reason. And then like, it's you. Yes. And we want you to be confident and feel good about it. Yes. I'm not here to sell, recruit. Mm-mm. I'm here to educate, inspire. Totally. And I'm not a big fan of systems. Yeah, me neither. Uh, so... <laughs> In my sleep sculpting work, I'm like, here's a bill of goods. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of baby as individual, and I'm a big fan that your baby is who they are at birth mm. or mm. in gestation and before. But not everybody, people, not everybody can get on board with that one. But um, who they are as they're born is who they will be in their essential nature. Mm. That can always be fluctuated and changed and stuff. But um, so I'm have a hard time with systems and people being like, I read this book and why isn't mm-hmm. it working? And I'm like, because it has nothing to do with your family, right. your child. Who, meet your child first. Yeah. And really mother is the first compass, the best compass yeah. for her family. And mother should be, mother has, um, even if you 
for me, I, I didn't have great mothering. And so I became a doula because I felt deficient there, mm. but I didn't know I had other aspects that I could have relied on or trusted. And um, if I could inspire a mom to trust her own compass first and mm. what she sees, hears, and feels in her own home before, now read books, that's great, but always have an intention of like, I'm not going to become this or put this on my family if it doesn't feel organically totally. a good fit. Yeah. Um, so all I, I'm just not into sleep training before a year. Mm-hmm. I do believe in natural sleepers. Mm-hmm. There are natural sleepers that just do well. But every baby has a different nervous system. Not all babies can settle. Some babies aren't getting enough protein. Right. So there's emotional aspects. Some parents are fighting and baby wants to know what's going on mm-hmm. there. Talk to baby, talk to baby. So sleep sculpting is all about doing what you can in the first year. And then heck, if you want to get a sleep trainer after the first year, that's up to you. But I'm a big fan of like gentle, like I can guarantee six hours straight. I would never, and that's between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. Mm. And it's all food manipulation and talking to baby. There's a lot to it. It's mm-hmm. all going to be in my uh, book, Spiritual Life of Babies. Books are so hard to write. It's just never ending. But yes. So, so and the term sleep training, I mean, that in itself can be many things. So as you're referring to it, is that kind of like more the cry it out? Or having these expectations that a baby should be sleeping no. 12 hours? No, because when I say sleep training, it's everything that's not sleep sculpting. Right. And okay. So after a year old, there are sleep trainers that I think are amazing. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't like the word training. I don't like to train yeah. humans out of their natural flow or instinct. Right. Um, but I understand there are all these changes in the first year. Yeah. And... I feel those need to be honored and doing a cry it out in that first year, not really connecting with what physiologically is going on. I just feel for myself is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, In my experience, if it worked, I've worked with clients that have done it and I've supported it as a postpartum doula, which was really hard, Uh, but it worked for them. So again, I'm, I'm not into judging or separating women out. It's just what I'm a fan of is doing it more gently in the first year. And then if that doesn't work, then you can choose these other people. Right. Right. So like for me, and I just I think this is so important because this is my own personal issue. Like sleep and mental health are very linked within my own system. So you're also, I love this sculpting idea because it's not saying, oh, you're just gonna be feeding like every hour on the clock for your first year. You're saying like, let's find ways for you to get sleep also. Because I feel like in our society, the way we talk about it, it's very all or nothing. And you have moms that are so tanked because they are co-sleeping and breastfeeding and there isn't a real hygiene aspect to it. It's just like whatever baby wants all the time. And while there's a lot of pluses to that, I also see these like walking zombies and it's affecting their marriage, their health, obviously adrenal fatigue, all of this. So I think I I really like how you meet each woman where they are, but I just think I just wanted to put that out there to anyone listening that 
this is all very nuanced and, and vague because it's really person to person experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that person. I mean, I didn't get a full night of sleep and we tried different things. It mm-hmm. didn't work for me. And I was desperate. And my, I don't think I got a full night's sleep till my son was 15 months old. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought up that piece. And it feels like there's always this tango of, I saw this post recently. It was perfect. Like, as a mom, do this, do that, don't do that. And all to your peril. Yeah. And sleep is huge. So I do honor that space. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of you do you. Yeah, me too. And here's some ideas that I have. And if that works, great. Yeah. But you be the leader. Yeah. And we get very confused, especially postpartum. In this society, I mean, how amazing would it be if we were brought up in the society where the underlying tone was, mom knows best. Oh. Here's some choices. Here's some education. This is what the system, this is what the system says. But like the underlying thing is mom knows best. And instead it's the opposite of that. And so we're just, no wonder we're fucking hypervigilant and just can't sleep and anxiety ridden because we're, you know, always, always kind of pushed aside and then made to question every choice that we do. Oh, and I have a really good example of, um, you know, in just how I've proposed sleep sculpting and how gentle and there's no cry it out. I had a client um, hire me recently to help them, her baby was refusing the bottle. She wanted me to help with that. And this was a mom who just met every need at every hour, every minute for her mm. baby. Her baby's almost five months old. Mom went into the other, into the guest house in the back. And I worked with little one with the bottle. And dad was in the room with me. And baby screamed Mm -hmm. like madness for 45 minutes. Wow. And I just held little one. And I said, with kindness and love, we're here to support you. Mom's in the other room. Mom has to have space and time and other people can feed you. Having all these conversations. Mm -hmm. And mom popped in at once. She was overwhelmed with the process. Dad's calmed her down. She went back out. And after that was all said and done, and little one took the bottle, and we tried different bottles, and we figured it out, there was this message or feeling of like, baby needed to be able, how did it come across? It was like, thank you for honoring my my anger. Thanks mm. for having a space for my anger. Mm. I never get that peace. Mommy doesn't want me to cry. Mommy doesn't want me to be angry. Mommy wants me to be happy all the time. And mommy does everything she can to make that happen. Mm. And I realized, wow, we are allergic to the cry, but sometimes honoring the cry. And I was, I was in it every step of the way. Dad there too. Love and kindness, we hear you. Mm. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. I hear you and you get to have your voice. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, we just gave her her voice today. And I explained and held mom. Mom did great. She was amazing because she's been just going crazy, Mm. not getting a lot of sleep, not having any space. So that was 
fascinating. That's incredible. It makes me tear up. Because it's so much, sometimes the medicine is so opposite of what we think it is. Yeah. It's incredible. And I was that kind of mom, allergic. I, I thought I was being a great mom by, you know, my baby doesn't cry. So that makes me a good mom. No, I don't think I was honoring his voice. Oh, man. You know, it's so interesting having a second one because I'm so much more relaxed. Like you saw, she almost fell off the couch today. I'm just like, I, I give her a lot more space and I see within my first, a lot of her anxiety is because I spent so much, you know, be careful. Don't do that. Don't touch it. It's hot. You know, I, which, I mean, obviously we have to do some of that, but I am doing less with the second because I'm just trusting that she can handle it. And it's it's really interesting just watching the difference because I just don't want any of that. Any, I mean, I, I, compared to a lot of people, I'm not at all a helicopter mom, but like to have any of those kind of hypervigilant tendencies to come on, my daughter who's so, that's her energetic kind of tendency, I see anyway. That's incredible. I'm just honoring the crying and the, you know. The, I love oh. though, in the moment, like when the couch, when she was on the couch, I like totally went into like, ho, ho, like that. And you were very trusting and she managed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like trusting human. Yeah. Some people want to hire me or come to me for readings to cure baby. Mm. What is baby? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't cure baby. And I certainly can't cure what's human. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of human is like, what a great lesson. Like, oh, okay, I didn't have the balance, totally. right? I fell off the couch. Yeah. We'll be doing that again. Yeah. And uh, that's huge. That's very valuable and so trusting. As a teen, having a teenager, I'm, it's so much like toddler time. Oh my God. And it, toddler time is crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the spilling everything. Oh my God. I know. Breaking things. And just being like, messes. okay, I have to clean it up because I don't want to give her a complex about trying yeah. to pick up a cup, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Son putting his noodles on the couch and the dog tipping it over. Oh, yeah. Twice in two, you know, in two days. Totally. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a thing. But it is. That, that actually hit me a lot when you said that because with the toddler tantrums, which we're in, just holding that space, not trying to fix it, not trying to bribe her with something, just allowing her to have her feelings. I love you. I'm right here. I totally hear you. I understand why you're crying. And then more often than not, when I do that, it shifts so quickly. But just really allowing our feelings to be our feelings. And discussing it with my with my older one too. It's just ah, so much. I do try to invite my feelings to tea every morning. Mm. Just like Rumi says, invite that. them to tea, whatever they are, and then let them out the other the other window or the door. And trying to be less allergic uh, totally. to that. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting too, because I think we're so much more conscious of our parenting now, which is generally a really beautiful thing and, and great. Um, but the shadow side of that is that perfectionism. And also, um, which you're really in deep now with it, of, you know, we want to be raising people that can take care of themselves. And like, I look to my nanny, Anna, who's our angel that you, you know, you were like, she's golden. You really picked up on her energy today. 
you know, when she was six, she was caring for her four siblings while her single mom went to work all day. Like that was her reality. And of course, we don't want that for our kids. But just also acknowledging, I think we really undervalue the strength of our children in modern times. You know, I had a discussion with this with Jemima the other day and I I had a moment where I was just like, you kind of need to like muster up the energy to like handle this right now. Like you're eight and you can handle this and I'm not going to do it for you right now. And like, it kind of stung. And then we really talked through that. And then she understood it. And I'm just like, you know, you're eight now. I have an expectation and you can do it. I fully trust that you can do this. And oh, then, love that. you know, she could embody it, but it's, it's, you know, of course it's not always like touchy feely. It doesn't always feel great, but it was one of those moments. And I was like, actually, I'm not going to cater to this kind of, I don't even know what the word is, but you know what I'm saying. You're showing her though, that you can trust her. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. I think uh, doing, you know, everything for my son and kind of feeling like I wasn't doing, I want this independent person, but then being like, oh, that's another piece. Here's a good shadow piece for moms is um, I always thought I would be the mom that would be like, you know, do this and do that and your independence and and I'm not going to be picking up after my teen. And I had this idea. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm tough and I'm independent. I left home when I was 18. And and now I realize and I have to keep track of this shadow piece, which is I want, I find myself, uh, he is, he cooks for himself. He'll even cook for wow. us. He'll cook like, well, he cooks fish that he catches. Mm. Uh, and so there are pieces but there, I'll want to baby him or mother him because I can see it's going. Mm, totally. And I now I have compassion for moms who I used to judge early on, like you're doing too much for your kid and all this. Like, oh, wow. I mm-hmm. wasn't in the teen years. I didn't know what she was going through. She's holding on to that beautiful dance of being mother and caring and nurturing. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss that because he doesn't need it. But there are times where I have made a sandwich for him and he'll just look at me and we'll have a moment of like, oh, you, he just like, thank you, mom. Mm -hmm. Because I have been pushing myself and him a little bit like separation and independence and you need to toe the line. Mm -hmm. And then some moments he'll want to come into bed. Totally. And it is a dance. It's a balance for sure. And I do think through these huge transitions, they need, a, they do need a lot still. I mean, he's still a baby in the whole yeah. spectrum of his life. So, yeah, you know. And we forget sometimes with teens, there's this whole idea of teens, especially with boys. Um, boys are kind of, teen boys are sort of vilified. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not just because of the movement now and all that, but they've in the past, there's a whole idea, you know, the movie The Outsiders and every movie mm, about mm-hmm. boys and teenage. And there is something shadowy with the, all teens, but um, boys specifically, like I was like, oh, he's, he's, there's soft places mm-hmm. with him. And he is a good person. Uh, but I can see how people react to him in public. And that's a whole thing because they feel that too. Mm. 
they don't, they see mistrust. They feel like, oh, I'm not welcome here. I'm being Mm. categorized for my age. And that is really horrible because then we're just creating those walls, right? And they take it into the rest of their lives in adulthood. Yes. Oh, yeah, that kind of breaks my heart in a little bit of a way. Oh, teenage years. I had a, such a tough time in teenage years. I was not happy. It's such a portal. And a mom mm. told me recently, um, her kids are in their 20s. She says, don't wish high school away because it'll be over in the blink of an eye. Enjoy it, the the dark and the light, be in it. And that was the best advice I could get mm. because I was starting to wish it away because there's mm. so many weird things in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just the girls and the social media and all that. And mm. um, so I'm always working that edge of, okay, not don't be allergic engage and dance with what's coming up. Mm. And um, that's been huge, just being in the moment with him where he's at mm-hmm. and also not taking it personally. And I think that's oh, good for all toddlers, yes. all moms. Just don't take these humans personally because, oh, my favorite is when clients are surprised their kids are just like them. <laughs> and they're trying to fix and oh, asking God. out loud. And I'll say, well, how were you as a child? Yeah. Oh, I was just like that. Well, yeah. it's not going to be different. Yeah. Like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. I know that's why it just takes so much work on yourself to not be triggered all the time. Someone told me a quotation yesterday that parenting was just riding the waves of constantly being triggered. It's just like all your buttons, just like all your things. So if you're walking around and you have not worked on your stuff. Yes. Like, uh, well, Al Anon has really helped me. Yeah. And like now I just look around the world like uh, everyone needs Al Anon. Oh my gosh, I'm going. Oh I'm going God. because another friend of mine was talking to me about it. And I was Come like, with me. I need to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm there. I need something. It's changed structure. my life. And it's just that thing of not taking it personally and not then reacting and giving it back to your kids because we want our kids to be able to have their emotions. Feel yes. them and and accept them, and you know we all we all say this, right? Every single mother in the world says that, and then yes. how, you know the practice is so different of them talking back to us and us not just doing every pattern that we saw our own parents, our own wounds coming up, and then of course they learn to not trust their emotions or not feel safe enough to express them. It's like we have such a huge piece of it. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. So I'll be going. So all of it, I know. Jemima already has been told and currently believes at the age of eight that we're coming to college with her. So I'm just, she's like, we'll be in the pink room. Daddy will have a blue room. Um, Cause yeah, it does, it does go so fast and it's fleeting. I just want to be the, like, this is my goal right now. Um, to have a cool house and space where everyone wants to hang out here so I can like keep my eye on. That's my goal right now. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Like everyone can come here and just hang out and I'll learn to cook more cool things (laughs) and just, I don't know. I just want to have that safe space. But again, it's like, I just have to release the control. Oh, can we talk about cooking real quick? Yes, please. It's how I give my kid love. Mm. 
And I remember my mom cooking for me and I didn't really appreciate it so much when my stepmom, when she was, when I was younger, but I realized every time she cooked a meal that uh, as I got older, I was like, that was love. Mm -hmm. And so I've been, I'm not a cook. I'm Mm -hmm. not a great cook, but I'm trying. And then when my kid doesn't want to eat it, there's a whole nother thing there. And I was like, what? I know. Oh, yeah. What? I made this with love. And it's me always as a mom, again, just trying to get those pieces in, in a time when he's like, I don't want your pieces now. I want my own pieces. And what are my pieces? But food, I'm just like the times he eats it or when he cooks fish for us that he's caught that day. Those magic moments, the table, mm. at, being at the table can't always get us all to the mm-hmm. table. But when we do, food's so powerful. So powerful. I know. <laughs> and then there can be all these fights around food. But uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. It's so powerful. It really is. Mm. Okay. So. so we've talked about a lot we here. Have. And I have 50 things rolling and I'm in a big transition but my my strongest threads right now um, are are the baby readings. That is my strongest thread. I have a lot of clients with fertility issues calling me, mm. and um, you know that's really that's really tough. And um, something that's come up lately um, with women who've miscarried or uh have had to have dnc's or whatever choices they've made um there's concern that they failed their spirit baby mm. they feel failed their the, the soul and in my experience and i just want to put this out here in what i'm experiencing is souls pop in and out at different times and embodiment of souls in in the body happens at different times but across the board I'm not seeing embodiment completely at like before 12 weeks. Mm. I see essence or women can feel, you can feel your spirit baby, but it's not like they're in the body. Mm -hmm. I had a woman ask or was concerned that she had to have a DNC for genetic reasons and she was worried the baby soul was in there and feeling all that. And I was like, that's that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. I've seen embodiment not take place until right at birth at crowning. And different cultures have different beliefs around that. Mm-hmm. I just go with my experience. But I just wanted to say to to moms, especially with miscarriage is so hard. Like that's just not even a piece that I'm seeing there. Yeah, just want to throw that in yeah. there. And the fertility aspect too, uh, boy, please give yourself permission to choose not to have a child. Mm, Because mm. I think some women have this aspect of like, well, I'm 37 and I have to have a baby. And you don't. And please give yourself permission because uh, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. And But not everybody can do that because there's family pressure, societal pressure, and then biological pressure. Yeah. And that's a lot. And it's I, a lot. And when you have that time ticking of like, oh, I actually have to make a decision now. It's so much. And because you, like a lot of women just kind of, yeah, I assume I'll have a kid, but really maybe don't want it or don't feel called to it. And it's so... They feel shamed shame. for not. It's so empowering not, okay. not to do it. It is. Because like having kids is like, 
not really, I mean, doesn't make you better than anyone. You're not winning a trophy. Yeah. You're not like, it's not, it's not for everyone. And, um, you know, we certainly have enough humans on the earth. So. Exactly. And if, if you're, so I will feel spirit babies for women who've decided not to. I'm like, if they don't camp out with you, they're going to go somewhere else. Totally. And I chose to have a child because there's certain things I wanted to learn and needed to learn. And it's been huge. But I'm always having to remind myself that my path is not other people's paths. And I love the camp of women who are like, you know what? I'm complete without a child. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And I'm going to have a fabulous life. I'm not depleted. I think it's the cruelest thing for other women to say, oh, well, you didn't have a child, so you're missing something. Mm, No, no. It's all different forms of education. Yeah. You choose to do that or not to do that. I knew I'm good with one. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good mom with one. For me, I just, I'm, I have another child, which is my work. And mm-hmm. I love my work and I'm very passionate about it. And at, when my son was two, my husband had, and I had a moment where we were like, well, let's do it again because we can. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was like, have you met you? Yeah. Like, did you not remember how hard that was? I, I swear I had postpartum anxiety. Um, mm. I felt cracked wide open mm-hmm. and didn't know how to navigate that energy. And that was that's a whole conversation and journey. I think a lot yeah. of postpartum anxiety is there's a spiritual aspect and opening for women that is tough to recognize and people don't talk about. Uh, you know, in other cultures in India, they'll talk about that. And it just helps to name it that you've become more psychic, more intuitive. And that can make a lot of people uncomfortable because you're seeing, hearing, feeling Mm -hmm. and connecting to a human being outside of you, sort of psychically, intuitively, that can make some very uncomfortable. That's so true. Uh, We should do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Because that's so deep. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was very passionate about hashtag one and done. Like that's Tell you how I felt, and you know Goldie Wolf. Is, yeah, she was ready. She got in there, but and I'm so happy she did because it's it's all working out. But you know, I, sometimes I think like what what would I like? I would I was so open and free, you know, as Jemima. She was six. It's like she's a total independent person. It's like I'd have so much more free time or work time or you know, but it's worked out that way, and I'm happy. But this assumption in our society that two is better, it's like. Two is so much more than one. I can't even put into words how fucking crazy it is more. It's like, it is next level. What is the gift? Well, first of all, I just love her personality. Of course. Yeah, like she's so spunky. And it also, it's added a dimension, which I feel like will be great for Jemima too, to not, um, based on her... Like she's very intuitive. She's very empathic. She yeah. ever since a baby, she would feel everyone around her, and mm. she's like a little Buddha baby. Like I literally would take her around the world wherever we went. People were just drawn to her. Like in Japan, she was like a beetle, like one of the beetles. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like literally oh, the I was Japanese at, love. Oh my, they're like kawaii, so kawaii, oh. which means cute. And yeah. it literally, I was flocked. They were like pulling her out of my arms, like a oh. hundred women swarming me, taking photos. But um. I think given her uh, 
constitution actually having this kind of very grounded, earthy, kind of like ballsy little sister is helping her like play a lot more and stay really open and also be the teacher. And it's just, it's added like kind of an interesting dynamic. And I think also I can't just be totally focused on her all the time because now I have this other one. And sometimes that's hard. And like, I really try to have my husband and I both, we have special time with Jemima. We have dates. We also have family time. Like we really try to keep it really diversified. Um, so she doesn't feel left out at all. But um, it's also really grounded our family unit. And I've openly talked about this. Like David and I had gone through a real energetic, it was maybe like a month or six weeks, which I kind of felt like maybe we were at the end of our marriage journey. Wow. And then we came, we had our, we moved through it. And again, it was like fast, but it was like furious. It was like literally a fire came within me. And then we conceived her on our seven-year wedding anniversary. So it was that seven-year change, you know? And it really was a death of that and then starting anew. And then I talked to Anna Verwal when I was newly pregnant. Mm -hmm. And she was like, this is just such a journey of this pregnancy of you two in partnership. And he caught the he caught her when she was oh. born. So it was just like the whole thing has just been so empowering to have a home birth with Davy Casa. Yeah, he caught her. He was so empowered. Like it really just solidified our relationship and our family unit. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thanks. I love that. And I will say to clients too, like because I've had a lot of clients say, oh, I'm so done with this marriage. Mm-hmm. And in when they've just had a baby, and I was like, can you just give it to age three? Mm-hmm. Just wait an age three, maybe re, re, just, you know, get out if you need to, if something's not healthy. But right. a lot of it's just like mom's been through this huge transition yeah, and they're out or the marriage needs new re, to be revitalized yeah. or something. It's like an up-leveling. Up-leveling. It's a shift because something... And then I had a client say to me recently, they were so happy I said that because they're a different couple now. Totally. And had she not waited, maybe, you know... Yeah. I'm also a big fan of getting out when you need to, but... Totally. um, Yeah, I am too. You mentioned Davy Kalsa and I just Mm -hmm. have to just... I love her. I love her. And one of my favorite all-time births was a home... I was birth doula. And my client is actually a known clairvoyant. Mm. And <laughs> having Davy in the room, like Davy would never tell you she's psychic or anything like that, but she's just, she is. And um, just sitting in the room, in the birth room, us all communicating without words. Mm. And just my client looking at me and I look at, <laughs> at Davy and Davy's like, yeah, I think you're right. We should all, we should get out of the water. And we'd all wow. just come to that together <laughs> without nobody, nobody saying a word. Davy Kalsa. Anytime I could be at a birth <sighs> with her, I was like, yes, okay. I'll, I'm so I'm obsessed there. with her. She, I saw her over the weekend oh. at the ashram. I'd just done a kundalini <sighs> class with my besties. And we were talking about Davy because we both had births with Davy. Mm. I was like, oh, I love her so much. And we walk into the Guadara or Guadara, how we pronounce it on Robertson and there she is. I was like, I was literally just talking about you. She literally, I'm going to have her on the podcast. She's coming on. Oh, please. But yes. she, um, she is just one of those people that I can't even put into words. I just love her so much. And I'll, 
on the west side of LA, like I will have a Davy sighting and it literally makes my day. It's like <laughs> seeing a white unicorn because she's, yes. she's a white Prius and she has a white turban on. And I'm like, there she is. And it just makes my day. I love her so much. I love her just thinking about her I right know. now. My whole I nervous know. system just smooths out. She's a special, special being. Yeah, in my birth, she really didn't say much. She would just say, you're doing great. And then when I was using the F word a ton, she's like, that's great. When you use the F word, it means baby's coming. Like she's just, she's amazing. She's so calm. So kind of hands off, but so safe too. Like she won't fuck around. But, um, and the grounding, mm, the grounding. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm striving for that. Yeah. Like I, like, cause I'm croning. I'm a crone. Thank but God, we need more crone energy. She's my expander for crone totally. energy. Oh my gosh, yeah. she is doing it, I and know. and um, I spent time. Yeah, I I spent time with because I'm a hummingbird and I'm all over the place mm. a lot of the times, as you can tell from all everything we're talking about. I just go <laughs> do do do. Um, I crave and I, I need silence and. I spent some time in a Tibetan monastery and I was like, I'm going to become a monk and I'm going to do... And the monks are just like, no, your work's in, <laughs> your work's in Los Angeles and you go check up, go live in commercial world. You have things to give to commercial world. Mm. Um, but just the monks and their steadiness and their centeredness and Davy is just that kind of level um, Davy reminds me of the the Tibetan monks and just that solid grounding. Mm-hmm. I'm always working on that. Yeah, and it's it's you know what it shows the commitment and the self discipline for a life of spiritual practice. How you can really show up. That was the piece. That was it. They were like, to be enlightened, you can be a farmer and have a family. You yeah. don't hide away in a monastery. Yeah, like that's not true enlightenment. Or I love what Ram Das says. If you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. Right. Exactly. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. So I love my Ram work. Das. And oh, I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm not going to go hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm just so happy you're croning because for years now, I've been like, I need crone energy. I need it in my life. I mean, we're in such a crazy society where the youth is idolized and the crones are not. Like it's so ass backwards. So And it's very real. It. It's very, very real. real with doula work oh, as I well. Know. I have been I have experienced as a young doula being preferred over older doulas and getting the work. So and crazy. now as an older doula, I'm I'm for many reasons I'm transitioning out. Mm-hmm. But I have noticed I am not like Young and cute. I'm well, I'm cute. You're very cute. I'm very cute, but I'm not like that, you know. Yeah. And in LA, especially, the culture here is like youth, 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 youth. Mm. So it's, I didn't think it would happen to me, but I remember many doulas older than me losing work to me. Yeah. Because they were where they were. So we have our work cut out to, for us to start changing this conversation. Yes. And changing it because. You know, people always ask me and there are specific, especially younger dudes. And look, you have to start somewhere and you have to pay your dues and all of that. So it's great that young people are being called to this work um, because we all need all troops working. But the amount of space you have to hold and you have to have life experience to also be able to do it. Like there's no way that a 20-year-old 
single young girl can hold space like you and I can. And that's what you're paying for also. I mean, just to be totally brutally honest. Yeah. It's like we're wives, we're mothers, we're bringing that experience. And not that we're trying to like implement our stuff onto other people, but just to be able to literally understand what a new mom is going through is really big. Exactly. And I've had lots of clients hire me because of my experience and I've had them let go of the greener doula and mm-hmm. then come back to me. Um, both of us, greener doula and experienced doula, we all have something to offer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because there's such a difference between a doula who's been to 10 births yeah. and a doula who's been to 500 births. Yeah. And it's, it, you can't, you just can't. I think there's just a difference there. Yeah. But with that said, I've met some doulas, this is fascinating, that have been to 10 births and I've felt they were better than me at mm-hmm. my 300. Mm-hmm. So they exist. They, they totally really exist. exist. They do. I've met a few, and that's fascinating. Yeah, but there's just something about well, it's probably because they've been walk. doing it for lifetimes. You know. Yeah, and it's it's in them. Yes, I big shout out to Catherine Deeb. Oh, Catherine Deeb. Catherine I love her Deeb. so much. She was my, mine. My favorite birth doula uh, right now. I know. And always, Catherine, we love you, and I love you, Catherine. Anyway. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I hung um, out with her this weekend. I hadn't seen her in months, months. I don't see anybody. I'm just like in work and mom life, like head down. So happy, but head down. Oh, I'm head down yeah. too. I'm I'm either writing or doing baby readings or, yeah. you know, picking up teen. Yeah. Or driving teen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Head down. But there's something pop up for fun though. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love having fun. Me too. And you're you're a good inspiration. When's your what's your sign? Libra cusp. Oh. Libra Scorpio. No wonder I love you so much. Okay. When's your birthday? Wait, when is Well, I say I'm a cusp, so it might be up for <laughs> debate. Uh October twenty first. Oh my God. Happy birthday. Thank you. Did you have a good day? Oh, I had a great week. Mm. Oh, I juice it. We went skinny uh, dipping. I did a birthday week too. Oh, skinny dipping nice. in Ojai yeah. at Ecotopia. Um, ew, what's that? Oh, <gasps> I cannot <laughs> believe another doula told me about this place. For years, I hoped Ojai would have a public spring mm. that mm-hmm. was secure and healthy because they were trashing the one that was there. <sighs> and um, this gentleman, it's a connection with uh, the Native American, um, with the Chumash. And he acquired the land, but is in concert with the Chumash to, uh, in accordance to their rules and design, to honor these sacred pools that used to be birthing pools for the Chumash women. Oh my gosh, I have to go there. Ecotopia? So, Ecotopia. Oh my gosh. It's, it's um, on Instagram, it's Ohi Ecotopia or oh, Ecotopia Ohi. It's uh, clothing optional. Uh, you have a two hour. Time limits, $20 per person. There are very specific guidelines. You cannot take pictures. And um, it's beautiful. It's just an amazing space. Cold and hot. Amazing. Hot sulfur springs next to the river. So you do the cold plunge (gasps) in the river. It was the perfect birthday. Oh my gosh. You know, this is another thing to get your kid to go anywhere with you. And he's a teenager. We've traveled the world together, but now just to get him to go, at least for my birthday, he was 
menial, but um, yeah. he did it. And we sent him on a fishing because he loves to fish. So we put him on a fishing boat and we had the day at Ecotopia, my nice. husband and I with a friend. Amazing. And so I highly recommend it because these were birthing pools. Mm. I'm hoping, what and energy. they're talking about maybe bringing birth back to the pools. Oh my God. So yes. there's another thing there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Uh, well, it's my birthday Saturday, so that's why I love you. Happy birthday, Scorpio, and then Libra. That's what your mind is. I love Libras. Oh, I love Scorpio. Yeah, and Aries. I've only dated mm. Aries. That's what your husband is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not on purpose. I don't know much about astrology, but Jemima's Aries rising. Aries, man. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. I have to check my chart again. I think I'm an Aries sun. No, I think it might be my rising. I don't mm. have to figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. But I love it. Yeah. Um, Sufi, I love you. I love you. Deep, deep love. You're just a vision of wealth of knowledge and authenticity. And I just so appreciate your work in the world. I appreciate you and can't wait to go to Al Anon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going. You. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Jai Mahadev Jai Jai Jai